Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. And hey, welcome to Duvoli's House of Cards. Brent Martineau along with Austin Lane. And uh, we just debuted our Dream 18 show. We appreciate uh, Power T and Florida Georgia Windows and Doors for helping us launch that. And now we are, uh, well, in our normal spot, 3 to 6, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And we will have Action Sports Shacks OT coming up at 6 with uh, Casey and Brian. And then right into the shrimp game. Man, we're growing this thing. It's like all this local program. I like it, man. It's crazy. I like it. What are we doing? Working too hard. That's what we're doing. That's no, what, man, you can never work too hard. Now, come on. That's why we come down here to the Volley's House of Cards. Yeah. But we don't have to work very hard. We just open <laughs> up cars and hang out with the fellas. Just kick it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, this place was rocking earlier when we got started. Because like, around 1.30, going into 2 o'clock, I was like, my goodness, place is hopping. Like and uh, the card business is good. So uh, we'll have a little fun with that. St. John's County, right off 210, uh, off 95. So come on out, say hello, be here. Until uh, 6 o'clock, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Big story, Cam Robinson signs uh, that franchise tag. That's a nice $16 million today for Cam Robinson. Who's having a better day than Cam Robinson? Nobody. Uh, probably not anybody, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, obviously. <laughs> oh, uh, Derek Carr. Oh, yeah, Derek Carr's having a fantastic day. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with Derek Carr is it's a little more long-term, right? He has a little more um, insurance, let's just say, in how that contract looks. Um, yeah, I'm sure Cam Robinson's excited because he's $16 million richer now. But at the same time, like any football player, you want to get that, that long-term deal. You want to get that security. And while this is kind of a prove-it year, once again, for Cam Robinson, and I know we've talked about it a little bit in the past, and it's kind of a stretch, but... They could always still trade him, even with that franchise tag, you know, being signed now, and he he gets his money. Yeah, they could. Uh, I've never really thought they would franchise tag and trade. I don't. You don't see that very often, a tag and trade yeah. in the NFL. In fact, I don't even remember the last time. Maybe it's more recent than I remember. Uh, just not sticking out in my head. So, I I doubt that is the case. Uh, to your point, you said it's a long shot, but it is a possibility still. Uh, so I think this really does indicate what we thought is that Cam Robinson's going to be the left tackle. And by the way. I, I believe what the Jags have said. I don't think they're just saying this. I think Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson have said, hey, we want to get to a long-term extension with Cam. Yeah. Like, they like what they see on tape, Austin. This is a guy who's had mixed reviews in his career. I don't know if everybody's bullish on him. But I feel like the Jags brass is bullish on him, despite drafting Walker Little last year. They want to get to an extension, and I think he has until July 15th to sign an extension with the team or he'll play on the tag at $16 million per year. But you're looking at uh, $60 million for this year. You're looking at maybe the franchise's future left tackle for the next handful of years. It just signed his tag today. No, without a doubt. Um, you know, and, and everything that we've heard from Doug Peterson, we have no reason to think that he's lying about it. They do like Cam Robinson. Like, as far as players that have been uh, tagged and traded, I mean, isn't Yannick Ngakwe one of those guys? Uh, he might have been. Yeah, uh, I think Yannick Ngakwe. I'm trying to look at some of the more list here. Uh, Clowney has been done. So Frank the Jags Clark. traded. So the Jags first Deep tagged. Is yeah, Ngakwe because I mean, and they, then traded him. Yeah, because or did they, they traded him before the league year. No, I thought he traded during the season, wasn't he? Or like, 
Like the oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But he started the season, yeah, at the trade deadline time or around yeah, that yeah. time. I, I get yeah. what you're saying, yeah. He was playing on the tag. I guess what yeah. I'm thinking more is how this could impact the draft. Like, will, oh, he be, sure. will he be tagged and traded, like, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got they, you. They, they wanted, I mean, they just weren't going to remedy the situation with Jan. So yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's uh, that was a good example of it. Yeah. But I think in this instance, what I'm curious about is more, would they trade him before the draft to bring, like, an Evan Neal on the table? You know what I mean? And, and that would definitely, I mean, if they super aren't keen on Evan Neal to get some more capital, it would make sense. But once again, I think it's a little far-fetched to uh, expecting that. I think Cam Robinson's going to be your left tackle here for a while because I also think you don't franchise tag somebody, pay someone that much money, and then just wash your hands of them, you know, the, the next year. I mean, I, I think that Cam Robinson is here for the long run unless they can find some trade partner, which I don't see happening. Yeah, and uh, well, do you like it? Are you okay with it? Are you okay with Cam Robinson being the guy? I mean, when we talk about being, yeah, if we talk about Cam Robinson being the guy, I mean, theoretically, could he ever be a top five left tackle? And I have a hard time believing that. So if there's room to upgrade the position, I mean, you got to question it a little bit. Now, can he be a top ten left tackle? I think so. And if we're talking about being adequate, I mean, is that okay? I guess. Um but, you know, I'm always a little leery when I see, you know, a position that you can probably upgrade on. And I think, you know, left tackle is still one of those positions. So maybe Cam Robinson's best football is still ahead of him. Maybe Doug Peterson brings out the best of him. You know, let's wait and see. But anytime you have the conversation of we can upgrade that position, you know, you're a little leery by having a long-term contract. Though. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think the problem where the Jags are at right now is, like, I get what you're saying. If he's not a top five guy or, or a top seven guy, mm -hmm. then there's room to upgrade. Yeah. But you also could be worse, right? I mean, I'll take sure. a ten, a top ten guy at every position for the Jags if you think he's tenth in the league. Like, that's actually going to put you in a pretty good spot. And the point for the Jags is they've got a lot of positions where they might be ranked, like, 25th. You know, no, and they've sure. got to upgrade those before this. So. But, the, but but the point also is, is the the whole team is Trevor Lawrence. It's keeping True. Trevor Lawrence healthy. It's and a significant happy. position. And yeah. and in terms of Trevor Lawrence, it's probably the most important position uh, outside the wide receivers. So yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely make an argument to upgrade the position. But at the same time, Cam Robinson wasn't the issue. I feel like last year for offensive line, I think there are bigger issues on that line. I know it sounds a little bit like a broken record if you listen to us a bit. I'm still a little bit confused at the Walker a little draft pick last year at 45 mm -hmm. if this was the play long term now listen Trent Bulky might not have been the GM after last year he turns out he is it could have been a whole new regime and they might not have liked Cam Robinson could have gone in different ways yeah but I mean Walker Little was a high investment at 45 I think we just heard uh, wasn't it Pat Fryerbrook that basically said he thought he was going to be picked yes like the Jags can we start to wonder in Jacksonville if the Jags would have been better off taking Fryermuth at 45 than Walker Little at 45? I mean, you can definitely start to think that. You know, it all depends how Walker Little gets used this year. If he's your starting right tackle and he does well, um, then I think the pick worked out. And, of course, when we talk about Walker Little, I mean, we still necessarily don't really know if that was an Urban Meyer pick or a Trent Valky pick. To me, it was a Trent Valky pick, right? Like, I can sit here and say I Travis Etienne uh, was an Urban Meyer pick. But when you look at the resume of Walker Little, you know, having to sit out a year due to an injury, I mean, that's got Trent Baalke written all over it. That's what we like to call and shock your mock the Trent Baalke blue light special. So I think this has Trent Baalke written all over it. So if Walker Little comes in this, you know, training camp, and let's say for the sake of the argument that he gets beat by Juwan Taylor, and now we're talking about Walker Little being a backup, you know, some kind of backup tackle or, or just a reserve um, right tackle, left tackle, well then, yeah, that pick was absolutely a waste, and I think that falls on Trent Baalke.
Yeah, and so I, I just want to listen. Walker Little could play the right side, to your point. He's gonna, that's going to be the biggest battle going on. Mm-hmm. And if it's a good battle, that's a good thing. The Jags could have depth. You can use depth at the offensive line position. What I'm saying is Walker Little, what he was invested in in terms of a second-round pick, his projection is really if the guy had played, might have been a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And the fact that when he did play, he played pretty well for the Jags. Well, that guy's sitting on the bench now. Is that helping? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand. Now, listen, if Jawan Taylor does his job and plays well, if Cam Robinson did his job, was pushed by Walker Little and earned himself in a new contract, I think those are positive stories. It's a good way to spin it. But it doesn't make up for the fact that you really might have wasted a 45th overall pick if this guy doesn't play significant time for you in year two. Because, let's be honest, he didn't play significant time in year one. No, but also I'm not going to judge the playing time in year one because then I can judge James Robinson's playing time in year You know what I mean? Yeah, it, just, yeah. it just seemed like it was an absolute mess um, in terms of who was playing, who wasn't playing. You know, we had the Andre Cisco conversation a little bit. Why wasn't he out there sooner? So yeah, th- th- there's a lot of guys you can go on this roster and say they should have been playing a lot earlier for whatever reason, whether it's Urban Meyer's call, a coordinator's call, position coach's call, probably Urban Meyer's call. Yeah, though. everything's um, Urban Meyer's they, fault right yeah. now. It doesn't matter if it is or not. No, for sure. They, they just weren't <laughs> playing. So um, I'm going to wait to see what training camp looks like. I'm going to wait to see, you know, what the depth chart looks like between Walker Little and Juwan Taylor. And then when I learn from that, then I'll, tr- I'll start to make that, you know, prediction of whether it was a bad pick or not. Okay, so then the last part of this. Uh, maybe it's not the last part, but maybe the most intriguing part. Mm-hmm. Two weeks away from the NFL draft. Two weeks from tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have not been on this train at all, but people have been on this train. Okay. The Jaguars are not taking offensive line at number one. Like, that is a done deal, right? They are yeah. not taking – they just signed Cam Robinson. They they had tagged him already. They intended to sign him, but he signed it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the guy at left tackle. Does this put to rest the idea of Evan Neal especially moving to guard for year one and then potentially being a tackle in year two? Uh, I I just don't buy it. I have never have. I can't see it, but some people want it. No, I mean, it's, it's to me, I feel exactly the same before, you know, he, he signed the tender or whatever, you know, before he got his money. Uh, I feel exactly the same. I don't think it was ever really going to be in the cards for the Jaguars to get Evan Neal if Cam Robinson got the franchise take, and that's what happened. Now, once again, there's always a, a slim chance that they could try to trade him and then get Evan Neal. I don't see that happening. That's the only way I can see Evan Neal, or if, for the sake of the argument, Iquanu ending up in Jacksonville, is if you get rid of Cam Robinson and get some kind of draft capital for him. I don't see that happening. So, yeah, I think uh, in terms of the number one overall pick, or even if you do trade down uh, out of the number one pick, I don't think it's going to be an offensive tackle. Yeah, I don't either. Listen, and I think we've made this crystal clear. We don't think so. I don't think Jacksonville and the fans really think so. I think most people, if they had to put a wager on it, they're going with a Hutchinson type. You could even go Trevon Walker with the recent momentum there. But the, I would think now, and I haven't even seen betting odds on this recently, mm-hmm. but I just got to believe the Evan Neal and Equanu especially. Neal makes a little more sense because he's been versatile and played multiple positions during his collegiate sure. career. And so I really go back to Neal more than Equanu. If it was just a left tackle position, we could have wrestled with that, debated that, I think, for the last couple of months. But I just I can't imagine. Like, Evan Neal must be, like, a pretty good odd now to be the Jags' number one overall pick. I think he was third or fourth, if was I'm he? not mistaken. And, and yeah. he might have slipped more today, I guess, is my point. Yeah, yeah. And we like we knew it. We knew he was going to sign the tag. I, I mean, I don't think there was any concern about uh, Cam signing the tag. But now this just kind of substantiates that a little bit more uh, two weeks before uh, the NFL draft takes place. And, again, the only theory here, 
that you could have is if they plan on taking Neal at guard and solidifying that line to the nth degree, and they really say, oh, my gosh, are we good here, right? We got Cam. We got Neal. We got, well, it's going to be Shatley until, unless they try to replace him. And they got Sheriff, and then they got either Jawan Taylor or Walker Little. Mm-hmm. And, uh, listen, I'm not going to tell you that that's not a good thing. Like, that would be an what seems to be a very beefy line, a good line, a, a line that people would sign up for, and you're protecting Trevor Lawrence. I just think it makes no sense to go with the number one overall pick and say, hey, you're going to play guard. Well, <laughs> it makes no yeah. sense. On the heels of a year where they lost ETN the injury, they didn't play Walker Little hardly at all. Like you mentioned, they didn't play Cisco hardly at all. I mean, what are we doing here? Drafting picks for the future for a team that's won four games? <laughs> so, Aiden Hutchinson is minus 225. Trevon Walker is uh, plus 300. Evan Neal is plus 1,200. Iquanu is plus 1200 uh Thibodeau is plus 3000 wow that's what what a money play Thibodeau would be right yeah I mean is he like is it that far-fetched that they could like Thibodeau more than people think I mean I don't think it's that far-fetched but once again like could could you trade down because keep on this is for the number one overall pick not who the Jaguars yeah, are yeah, taking. Yeah. so um yeah I mean I, I'm I, but of all those people to Trevon money Walker on, right? is plus 300 is still a little that's crazy to me. You think that's too high? You think? I think it's a little too high. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. a lot of momentum right yeah. there. And but, but what I think is, I think Thibodeau's way too low. Like yeah. I think it makes no sense from a Vegas standpoint that Neil and Iquanu would be higher than Thibodeau. Like there are just no signs that this team is going. <laughs> well, line based but once on what again, done. I mean, if you want to argue, you can say someone could trade up because they have Malik Willis well, right true. right next to Thibodeau. So I mean, and obviously Jackson would like to take a quarterback yeah. by any means. When we talk about Evan Neal playing the guard position, yeah, I mean, I get it. He could come in right away, and maybe he could even be a pro bowler. But to me, it makes zero sense because I think he's more coveted at the tackle spot. So now you got a guy who's essentially playing out of position. And since you just franchised Ted Cam Robinson, since there is talk of you trying to give him a long-term deal, what's the plan with Evan Neal? Like, he's just going to be a guard for the rest of his career in the NFL, and then being a guard is going to make less money, and then making less money, he's going to be frustrated because we've, we, we've seen this show before, like with Orlando Brown Jr. This was a guy who played right tackle, wanted to play left tackle, right, who threatened to sit out just because he wanted to make an extra $5 million per year because left tackles make more than right tackles. What do you think guards are making? You know, so, like, you mean to tell me Evan Neal is going to come in here and say, yeah, I'm going to play guard for the next three or four years of my career, and I'm going to be super happy about it? I have a hard time believing that. I'm going to give you one more thing, too, okay? And this is going to sound ridiculous because I always come from the standpoint that every fan base hates their offensive line, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a million times. And I think most do. I think there are some exceptions. I think the Dallas and Indianapolis of the world, they really like their offensive line. Not this past year, but in the last, like, handful to seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give you a little evidence that Dallas, who did have the best offensive line on paper and probably performance-wise in the league for a few years back then, I don't know when it was. Maybe it was like 15 to 18 or 16 to 19 or whatever the stretch was. But they were really solid up front, right? And what'd they do? Like, what'd they do? Where'd they get them? Like, they didn't get them anything. They didn't get them like a playoff win. Indianapolis, known the last couple of years for a very strong offensive line after not investing in that position with Andrew Luck Mm -hmm. and others over the years. And... Well, what's it got him? Like, well, so my now, point being is there. Tampa Bay has won a Super Bowl, though. And Tampa Bay's has been strong. Yeah. Right? So, and worst pick was really good. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's not the end-all, be-all to sure. be, like, the best offensive line in the league. You have to be good in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to be. Uh, it cost Cincinnati the Super Bowl, quite frankly, mm-hmm. because they weren't good enough. 
they went up and ramped it up. We'll see how much that helps them this year. You mentioned Tampa. That's a good uh, example of it. I think at times the Giants, if I go back to their Super Bowl runs, that team had played together with that same offensive line for a long time. They came into their own, and they were good. The Patriots. That offensive line coach, I uh, forget the guy's name right now, um, they, they kept signing. He kept retiring. They kept bringing him back because he was so important to sure. them. And they would remember the Kansas City game years ago? Uh, the, the They got crushed by the Chiefs to yeah, start yeah, the yeah. year. Yeah, 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 and then yeah, I think yeah. they end up winning the Super Bowl or going to the Super Bowl that year, and their offensive line was awesome by the end of the year. Correct. Right? Yeah. So I'm not dismissing that you have to be good there. Mm -hmm. But I just wonder, I mean, do you have to be the best in the league there? I don't know if it's... You don't have to, the way for Super Bowl. Yeah, you don't have to be the best in the league by any means, but also having, I think, a pro-caliber quarterback and, and a top-five quarterback also helps that offensive line out as well. Yeah, well, that's no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And keeping that guy healthy is never a place to go wrong. It's really funny around here to me because, like, the offensive line is so unsexy Yeah, in so many sure. ways. Mm -hmm. Yet the people we talk to, the fans we talk to, hear from, I'm telling you, it is without fail, man. If I'm doing shows and during the season, if we're out in the grocery store, if it's here on the show, people talk about offensive line. The offensive line needs to be better. The offensive line needs to be better. Yeah. Now, I give you credit, fans, because I think that shows you're savvy. You understand it. And they need to be better. And they need to be better around Trevor, in front of Trevor. And they could be better. Mm -hmm. But I'm just a little surprised from a fan perspective sometimes how much they get wrapped up in the offensive line because – I mean, heck, we live in a fantasy world, man. I mean, yeah. we want touchdowns. We want 80-yard plays. And to be honest with you, that's what I want. No, I'd rather have a 75-yard play than uh, – and I'll take the three sacks on the day. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, I think fans don't want to see their star quarterback getting put on the ground yeah. or, early, you know, having to deal with pressure. Um, and that really sticks out to, you know, the difference between winning a football game and losing a football game. Like, yeah, drop passes were, were a big thing last year. But I think even worse than drop passes are when your quarterback gets, you know, his clock clean because a guy comes, you know, clear through the defensive line. So I do, I do think it goes hand-in-hand hand a little bit. But once again, if you elevate the quarterback play, then the offensive line play will get better as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, Cam Robinson, the story today, $16.6 million on the tag. We'll see. By the way, it might behoove a guy like Cam Robinson. Behoove's a good word to throw in there. Not mad at that. Yeah. It might a guy like Cam Robinson mm -hmm. to play on the tag. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been an awful thing to play on the tag for people. Until now, you, until you'll you take hurt. the long-term deal until you get hurt, right? Yeah. But you got a guy like, uh, who was the recent one people tell me? Oh, Cousins. Cousins was a guy that had played on the tag a couple times, a couple sure. times, a couple times, then had big deals. I mean, you look at the money Cousins has made over the oh, years, yeah, and that ridiculous. tag has been a big beneficiary of that. So yeah. it's not the worst thing in the world. $16.6 .6 million, by the way, is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But ideally, I think Cam would like to come to a deal, and I don't know what that would look like, but let's just throw out a number and say it's uh, five years, $80 million, all right? Okay. Um, well, there's going to be in that deal probably something like $50 million guaranteed or $48 million or $45 million. And Again, I'm throwing numbers out here. I don't know if they're right, but you get my point. Mm -hmm. So working toward an extension is certainly a motivation for Cam Robinson. Of course. He would do that by July in a heartbeat. We'll see if the Jags have as much motivation on their part to hand out that kind of money. No, without a doubt. And I think Cam Robinson and his camp, I mean, they're, they're all for that long-term deal right now. And knock on wood, hopefully, you know, there's no injuries to talk about. But he, he he's one big injury away from, you know, losing a lot of money, I think, and losing a lot of future revenue. So anytime you have an opportunity to, to lock up a, a long-term deal with a nice little signing bonus and just have a little more job security, NFL players jump towards that. We had a development and a debate happening. Okay. Something just happened in Major League Baseball. Okay. That should 
be up for debate. Some are going to like it. Some are going to reason with it. Uh-huh. Some are going to absolutely hate it. And we're going to talk about it. And we got more football talk, too. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. We are live at Davoli's House of Cards until 6 o'clock. Come on down. Say hello. Open some cards. Have some fun. Talk some sports. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Everything start for me and uh, to be able to win championship and this uniform and hopefully win another one this year be awesome, you know. So it uh, feels good to be back, you know. I thank God for giving me this opportunity to finish my career where everything started for me. Just a lot of hard work, you know. I, obviously, when you when you feel good out there at the plate, you have a great night like this. There's sometimes you feel good and you don't get any hits, but uh, you know, I just try to work hard every day, day in and day out, and uh, do whatever I need to do to help this ball club to win. I didn't catch all that, and I have no idea which baseball team that would be from. Uh, I'll just go with one of your favorites, the Rays. Uh, is that like Wander Franco or something? No, no, unfortunately no. That's Albert Pujols after hitting his oh, first home Pujols. run back in uh, St. Louis. Oh, that's cool, yeah. He had a big night, right? Yeah, he did. Um, but, yeah, the home run is the the big one because it was the last one or first one in St. Louis since the World Series right before he left. And now he's only 20 away from 700. So the question will be, can he get there before the end of the season? Hmm. Ah, do you think he can? They need to play him enough. It's going to be kind of a tough spot because the Cardinals are going to be good. So, and he's not the guy he was. So they're going to have to try to balance getting him in there versus maybe not having somebody they could have in there that could be better. So depending on the amount of at-bats, he could get there, but he might hit like 150 doing it. All right, so there's a uh, major story developing in uh, Major League Baseball. It's actually kind of done in a weird way. The Dodgers playing yeah. this afternoon against the Minnesota Twins and the fight in Rocco Baldellis. Well, Clayton Kershaw, who not, isn't necessarily the Clayton Kershaw of old, right? He's aging a little bit. He's lost a little bit off his fastball, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's not as dominant as he once was. Well, here we are a week into the season, less than, and Kershaw has thrown 80 pitches. He's pitched seven innings, and he's perfect Austin Lane. Yeah. We're talking perfect through seven innings. And the Los Angeles Dodgers pull him mm-hmm. from the game with 80 pitches in a perfect game. What would Vin Scully say? <laughs> I'm not sure what Vin Scully would say. Um, I mean, as far as the move I like let me ask you this he was on a pitch count correct like the, the there was a goal going into the game like there must have so much yeah right I don't know too much of I didn't yeah. see the bat story because I didn't anticipate this being a story today yeah. but I'm assuming early pit, this happens okay I, but now, I think the Dodgers a little backstory here I think the Dodgers had this similar situation like two three years ago with a young pitcher I think he was making his debut I forget his name now and I think he had a no hitter going into the ninth and they pulled him. Yeah. Next question. Is Clayton Kershaw coming off an injury of any sort? Uh, Casey, do you know if, if he, was he Kershaw is. hurt last mm-hmm. year? Yes. Last year. Okay. And then obviously he had a short spring to try yeah. to work through that, that I guess. True. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's a bad look because it, it takes away some of the pageantry that you could celebrate if he was to throw a perfect game. And that's going to be a big storyline if he did. I mean, we'll be talking about that for the next couple of days. And it's great for the sport of baseball. But... If you're trying to save the player from himself and, and make sure he's good for the whole season, 
I mean, I guess it's more important to have him the whole year as opposed to trying to go for just one game, one accolade, and then maybe risk injury. Yeah, thanks for the common sense, man. I mean, who cares about that stuff? I mean, go throw a perfect game. The perfect game? Nobody throws perfect games. How many perfect games have there been? Like 20? In the history of baseball? Uh, I can Google it real quick. I can, I can tell you it's 23. 23. 23. Is that not just like what you know, Casey, or did you Google that? Uh, I saw it I, in a tweet like a couple minutes ago, Passon. Yeah, Jeff, okay. Jeff Passon, by the I way, said, here's Passon's tweet about it. Passon covers baseball for ESPN. <laughs> he says he has this thing says let him pitch, let him pitch, and then he uh, later tweet it's if it's a no hitter whatever, which I don't even know if whatever is the case, but I get his sentiment here. Yank him. Clayton Kershaw has thrown one, but there have been more than two hundred and twenty thousand games in Major League Baseball history, and there have been twenty three perfect games. Everything, especially a pitch count of eighty, is lining up to at least let Kershaw try. You cannot pull him. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm watching the video of him leaving right now. He's okay with and it. And he's smiling. Yeah, he so, gets like, it. We can't. You, you can't be upset if you're Kershaw? Well. I mean, for, for, for I all that you've done it. for the organization. You just gave him all the reasons. Well, no, but I'm saying that, 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 those are my reasons. But yeah. I'm saying from Kershaw's perspective, like, if he was upset, you know, he threw his glove and he wanted it, well, then, yeah, I, I think you're doing Clayton Kershaw a disservice. But if you're walking off the field and you seem happy, you're joking around with your teammates and everything, then so be it. I guess they're ready to make decisions. Well, you know maybe maybe the camera didn't catch the bad reaction. I mean, yeah, I guess. I know. I and by the way, the guy came in and, and gave up a hit. Like the guy in relief. Yeah. Right? He screwed it up. <laughs> so it's not even a combined perfect game. Yeah. Uh, the, listen, look, team sports are team sports. Sure. I understand. Yeah. Like, I get I I think it puts Roberts in a tough spot. I, I think it, I think it puts the Dodgers in a tough spot. Like I understand what just took place. I really okay. do. I remember debating this a few years ago too, and and I do think Passon's a little bit right here. It's like, well, the no hitter, he's already had one. Yeah. Uh, but I guess there is. Uh, there's just this sentiment, and there's this like, there's this romance with these kind of milestones in baseball of all things, you know, and. Sometimes the individual efforts and, and those accolades and these moments, ah, man, does it win the day for me. Like, how many more pitches would he have thrown? He was dominant through seven. What's seven divided, 80 divided by seven? I mean, he was throwing like 12 pitches an inning, 12 and a half pitches an inning. Yeah. I mean, he would have got to maybe 105. Is that going to really damage anything? Like, do we even know? Did we call Dr. Andrews and ask him? Like, <laughs> couldn't we call him? Be yeah. like, hey, Doc, am I going to need Tommy John if I throw 25 more pitches on April 13th? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're a fan of baseball, do you hate to see it? Absolutely. Is, does Clayton Kershaw care? I don't think he does. So if he doesn't care, then more power to him, man. Yeah, I, I, care. I don't care. Brett, Brett Martineau cares a lot. I'm good. I mean, yeah, would I like to see a perfect game? Absolutely. But if that was the plan the whole game, pitch count, I mean, I, I'd rather see him play the whole season than not play the whole season, I guess. Uh, Casey, you're a baseball guy. Yep. Jump in, Casey. Uh, yeah, That. listen, I don't care if Clayton Kershaw clapped on his way off the mound. He might be the greatest person to ever throw a baseball in the sport. He's working towards that, and he had a chance to throw a perfect game. He might be happy now. I guarantee you he's aggravated. He's not going to show up as manager. He's not going to do any of that. You cannot take him out. Absolutely What's not. If it's Walker Bueller, if it's somebody younger, okay, whatever. This dude's 34. 
He's done it for a long time at the highest level. Let him go. Well, what would you rather do, throw a perfect game or win a World Series? He's got the World Series. No, but I'm saying I'm asking you, though. If you're a pitcher in the Major League Baseball, what would you rather have in your resume, a perfect game or a World Series? I mean, it, it's not comparable when you already have the World Series. So if you don't yeah, have no, it, you say you, World I'm, Series. I'm, I'm asking you. But the I'm answer to the question is World Series. Right. Right? No, yeah. I'm saying if you were a pitcher. World Series. Okay. But, so, like, here's my problem. Clayton Kershaw is 34 years old. Clayton Kershaw, uh, Casey, again, he probably banged up. I mean, he feels like he's been injured almost each of the last three, four years. Right. Is that somewhat accurate? I mean, I feel like he's been in and out of the lineup. Yes. Yeah, that's accurate. Like thirty million a year, mm-hmm. and it's like, so when May twenty something comes around, and he goes on the DL, I would be really pissed at the Dodgers for not letting him dry because sure. he was going to get hurt anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I actually agree with that. At some point in time, he will miss starts this year. And uh, it doesn't matter. It's just going to happen. Here's Okay, one last part about this, all right? What I hope did not happen okay. is we went all in on analytics. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Like, I understand, again, health, that's a big part of it. Early in the season, pitch counts. I've been, we've been around baseball long enough to know that happens. Yeah. That stuff happens. That, we get it. Uh, heck, even at the lower levels, at high school levels and college levels, guys throw five innings, and then they'll get up to six and seven innings, or maybe it starts with three, whatever it is. Like, I understand that. Uh, but if this was some stupid analytic metric, which I believe in analytics to a degree, but we couldn't go with our gut here, Yeah. well then, damn the Dodgers. Let me ask you this. Do you think if they wouldn't have had a little bit of a lockout um, and it was the regular spring training, would Kershaw have pitched the full nine? I would have said probably not because I'm telling you, man, we saw this. I can't remember the guy we saw it with. I really can't. I, I but I mean, the, the Brewers did, I think, last year. Did they? Yeah, but it might have been a no-hitter. I can't remember if it was a perfect game or a no-hitter. I think it was probably no-hitter. I don't um, think it's been a perfect game in the NL, I mean, Major League Baseball for a couple years. Uh, but, but I'm saying that they pulled them, though, so it would have been a perfect game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they pulled them, I think, in the eighth. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I don't know. Again, if, if Kershaw had 105 pitches at this point, I would have been like, wow. But, man, when you see 80 pitches, like, that's yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's a fascinating discussion. And um, maybe, a, well, a dangerous sign for the rest of the NL that Clayton Kershaw <laughs> looked that good. Yeah. <laughs> Still at the age of 31. You said something really interesting, Casey. Clayton Kershaw... I don't. When you ask me best pitchers of all time, I don't think of Clayton Kershaw. Right. In ten years, when we ask best pitchers of all time, should we think Clayton Kershaw? He's got the accolades. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna, if we're gonna do the old like the wins list, he only has 185 of them, so he's not well, Cy Young. That's impossible. To exactly. Stage, right. Yeah. If if you take it for what it is, what he's pitching against and what he's done, I think yeah, he's in the conversation for sure. Do you think? I mean, obviously, the only negative with him is. The, the postseason, what that's looked like? Well, he finally got over that. Well, hump, he though, did, right? but I'm saying just the, the entire resume altogether. Yeah, I mean, that would have hurt him, but I think you can kind of bury it at this point, in my opinion, because okay. of the World Series. So here's the deal on Kershaw real quick. 14 seasons, debuted in 08. By the way, I, I'm assuming everybody knows this, but I shouldn't. Played for the Jacksonville Suns. Yeah. I mean, he, he started here. Well, I started here, but he made a stop here. And he and people knew he was going to be terrific yeah. at that time. I mean, you think of recent sons 
or shrimp that have played here that people are like, that guy is destined to be good. Stanton was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kershaw was really one. Like, he, 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 everybody knew he was going to be this good. Uh, eight-time All-Star, three-time National League Cy Young Award winner. That's huge. 2014 Most Valuable Player. Forgot that. Which is massive, right. Yeah, as a pitcher to win the Most Valuable Player shows. 2.49 career earned run average. And his whip's 1.00. It's the lowest among starters in the live ball era with a minimum of 1,000 innings pitched. So that's how good he has been. And uh, I think you are right, though. The only thing tarnished, and, and uh, I will say this, 2,670 strikeouts going into the season. He just struck out 13 more today, mm. which means he's going to get three Ks. Yeah. 3,000, that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three KKs. <laughs> and... Uh, which also is a, tre- a tremendous accomplishment and a big number. But I think you're right. I think people think about the postseason. And, but I actually agree with Casey. I think now that he got over the hump of that, I don't think people will label him that way. It's a little bit like Mickelson when he wouldn't, didn't win a major. We knew he was a great player, but it's like, yeah. he is the best player or not, win a major, best player. Well, and then it went away. It was like you didn't think about all the ones that he blew sure. anymore. Sure. You know what I mean? I think Kershaw has a little bit of that in him. Uh, but we are – I think what you said, Casey, is really interesting because I don't – I think Clayton Kershaw has been awesome. A little bit of it's an L.A. bias where we don't watch him every night like we can on the East Coast, a lot of others. But I do think he is in the breath of some of the greatest yeah. that, have ever, that have ever pitched, and I just don't think we view it that way in the moment right now since he's still pitching and he's 34. Agreed. It just the, – the injuries are obviously unfortunate. A lot of people have to deal with that, though, um, in terms of shortening careers. But for – what what is like a big thing in baseball now is like the stretch like the the biggest stretch of your career. So for Kershaw, it'd be like eleven to fourteen. His ERA was never over two five, Oof. and it was as low as one seven. He started twenty seven games in a year, and his ERA was one seven. So, yeah, it needs to be. He will be in the conversation at some point. You know, perfect game. You know, would have helped and all. But I uh, know <laughs> no, it wouldn't matter. Any anyway, yeah, I, he's. <laughs> He's incredible, and if only he could have had an opportunity to finish it. By the way, to bring this conversation local, Max Meyer for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp had a perfect game through five innings last night. He was out there for the six. They were going to let him keep going. Got hurt. Ooh. Oh, he got hurt last night. Yeah. It was That's a, a uh, bad. It, it was not a leg. It was not a uh, arm injury. It was his leg. And since it being early in the season, I think they pulled him for precautionary reasons. But okay. um, he was warming up for the sixth, and he ended up coming out. But had a perfect game through five. Casey, well, when you say leg, though, it's like, I mean, just like a strain. Like or Yeah, it's not like or... a knee. Yeah, no, right? no, 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 no. Okay, it was, okay, uh, okay. It, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think it was, I think it was like a quad or something. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, he didn't, like, yeah. go down. He walked off and, yeah. Sure. Yeah. By the way, you know this uh, part very well, but Max Meyer's, like, legit stud prospect, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he played in the Futures game last year. He was the third overall pick by the Marlins um, in the most recent MLB draft out of Minnesota. He moved up a little bit. He made one start with Jacksonville last year, opening day this year. And then this was his second start, and he was incredible last night. Struck out the side in the fourth. Um, I think it was seven strikeouts through five innings. He was incredible. Um, he will not be here the whole season as long as this injury is not serious at all he will at some point be pitching for the marlins the dude is electric and uh the the shrimp have cabrera as well right now did he start here uh cabrera's not here yet he did have a, he had a little setback in um spring training so he's still working through that down okay. um in complex league but cabrera was here most of the year last year before he went up and came back down but he's another guy that triple digits the breaking stuff is nasty 
a lot of lot of good pitching with the shrimp that you will see or you did recently see here. Yeah, my, I guess my point in that is we got to see a guy like Kershaw. Keep an eye on these guys, uh, Cabrera, Meyer. Those are guys that if, if you get to a shrimp game, go early in the year, mm. these next couple homestands, because they probably won't be here for long or they might not be here for long. But they might be that kind of good down the road. I mean, it's hard to say they're going to be Kershaw good, but they are very highly touted prospects, and you get to watch them in your own backyard with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And you get to listen to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp tonight again in Durham on ESPN 690 following Action Sports Jacks OT with Casey and Brian Middleton. All right, we'll get back to some football. Get sidetracked by a little baseball managerial decision <laughs> that was done wrong by the Dodgers, I think. We'll be back from Devoli's House of Cards. Come on down, say hello right on 210 in St. Johns County on ESPN 690. Well, uh, I came to be involved in the XFL because I love the game of football. We love the game of football. You do, your viewers. Uh, I love the game of football. And, it, you know, there's 53 men on, on a roster in the NFL. I always like to say that I was number 54, mm. uh, who I was that player who coaches, and the NFL would say, had I been drafted or had a shot in the NFL, which that dream did not come true, uh, I'd like to say that the coaches would, would tell me, as they did tell me in the CFL where I eventually went, um, you're good, but you need to continue to work hard to be better. And, you know, I got to tell you, I would have loved to have played for the XFL if the XFL was around when I was coming out of college. Yeah, whatever, The Rock. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's got to sell it. Yeah, sell it. The yeah, Rock so. owns the XFL, right? So um, part of it? Yeah, I think at least part of it. He might own the entire thing, but remember, it's him and I believe his ex-wife are our partners in it. That's right. Yeah, well, that's interesting yeah. in itself. Mm -hmm. That seems like it's set up for success. I mean, who knows, man? I, I, I wouldn't go into business with any one of my exes, but more power to you, The Rock. You know, I mean, how many, hey. how many ex-wives do you have? I've said my exes. Oh. I mean, ex-girlfriends, you know. I have dated before. Fred uh, Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Recently married, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just to tie you into this conversation. Appreciate that. <laughs> the Bullies House of Cards in St. John's County. Um, did you see? What, who did I see get the, is a head coach or in the coaching ranks now in the XFL today? What's his name? Uh, Wade Phillips. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, you know, my thought came to my mind. I was like, my goodness, Wade, just give it up and go enjoy the rest of your life. Nah, man, he's, he's having too much fun. And good for him, because he's always been a guy, like, no matter how old that he gets, he seems like oh, he's, yeah, like, the ultimate player's coach. Yeah, he can relate yeah. to his players. He's so. funny and good for him. But I just, I can't, I, sometimes I can't get these guys. Like, that's got to be really hard, okay? Okay. The XFL, I, I have no idea how far down the rungs of the ladder from the NFL it is. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. if we're looking, if we're, we're on the, we're at the penthouse with the NFL. Sure. Like, well, I don't, you don't even know where it is two, in terms it? of the USFL as well. I mean, where is that going to compete with the USFL? Yeah. So. so I just have no feel for it. Yeah. But it seems like such a, like, back step for a guy who's been around the NFL for so long. I mean, I, lo I understand he loves coaching. It doesn't sure. matter where you're at. And go coach high school if you want it. Like, I get it. But I don't get it. Like, it just feels like such a a, a different game. Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, some people don't want to golf. Some people want to do something else. And yeah. I think with, no, that's fair. Where Wade Phillips is at, you know, he's always been around the game. His dad 
was a part of the game. I just think, like, you know, football can be ingrained in you so much where, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to go until you go out, basically. So, um, yeah, I mean, I always thought he'd get another shot in the NFL. I was really surprised that, that he didn't just because I always thought he had a great defensive mind, and I thought that he, he could do a good job in the locker room and relate to the players a little bit. So I am surprised that he, he never got another opportunity. But, you know, good for him for, uh, you know, keeping the legacy alive, I guess. Do you guys have any interest at all in this? In the XFL? Uh, or USFL, either one. I mean, the, secondary the, yeah, the, the only interest is, 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 is like if I know someone that's playing in it, then I'll definitely tune in for that. But So not because the Rock's attached to it, you think, hey, no, no, might I have, mean, this might have a chance. No, and and the I Rock touches the Rock. is good, right? Uh, yeah. I well, mean, I'm not yeah, saying yeah, you yeah, enjoy it all, yeah, but yeah. It, it seems to turn to gold. No, for sure. I mean, I'm not sure like, how good his TV show is doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I okay. don't know. I, I don't know. like how like, It's like yeah, a sitcom kind of thing. I have no idea. Um but but I will say this. I mean, like the, the dude's got the work ethic, right? So like I I think he can make it successful. Um, but as far as like I'm concerned, I mean, you know, I don't think it's really for me though. You know, I mean, I I get enough fix of the NFL. I don't need to watch XFL every single week. Well, yeah, I think that's a little part of it for me too. Is like I am not like starving for more football. Yeah. Like I like football. Love football season. I think there's other times of the year where we have too much football. Sure. We could be in June and July, and I could be in the middle of baseball and softball season with the kids, or watching baseball and watching a little golf, or watch. And I'm not rushing football season here. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. It's a different world I live in. I understand that from that sense. I mean, it kind of means a whole different turn in the calendar for me. Casey, any interest at all, like even a small level of interest in what this might look like, or have we been a little bit burned and tarnished by the idea of these spring leagues that really just poof went up in smoke? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little bit of interest. Uh, are they rocking people like they used to do in the XFL? No pun intended uh, with Dwayne. But, uh, look, I think they did good with the coaches. Like, to your point, you talk about Wade Phillips, Bob Stoops, Heinz Ward, Rod Woodson. Yeah. They did a good job in getting names. So, to me, it just depends on who's playing, which guys that I watched in college will be playing that I could have an interest in. But, I'll, you know, I'll turn it on. I'm not promising I won't leave at the commercial, but I'll turn it on. Well, there, there are some interesting ties to the NFL with this thing, too. Yeah. Like, they've done some experimental connections. It's not like a full-grown partnership. Mm-hmm. But they've tied in to these, I think it's maybe it's just the XFL, maybe it's both leagues, to some degree to at least maybe help this be a developmental league of some kind. Well, and that to me is the most important thing where, you know, guys are getting another opportunity to try to make a run for the NFL. Um, and that's why, I mean, I'm a big fan of both leagues because anytime a guy gets an opportunity yeah. to showcase his skills and maybe get another shot, then more power to him, you know. It doesn't mean I have to watch it every single weekend, but I'm so glad that the guys are getting opportunities to go out there and play. Well, listen to We live in a world where we're watching. They put spike ball on TV. Yes, exactly. I mean, spike ball's on TV. Yes. Yeah. So a little good. more football. Oh, I'm not saying spike ball's like the worst thing, but yeah. I mean, we're watching cornhole yeah. and spike ball yeah. and you name it on TV. So a little more football probably shouldn't hurt. Correct. This is true. <laughs> and especially in terms of the gambling aspect, which is so big now yeah. in this country. I mean, I feel like that, that could be a, a pretty untapped market, too, in terms of, you know, pushing the gambling. Yeah. Now, the degenerates feels like a pretty tapped into market. No, but I'm saying for <laughs> for stuff in the spring, you know. I hear yeah. you that time of year. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we have Shock Your Mock and a football question that, well, Clay Harbor 
former Jags tight end helps us. Oh, bring God. What He's you help producing the show today. Awesome. Yes, you guys didn't we know should, that. We should hire him, I guess. <laughs> well, I think easy on the hiring. Well, okay? I'm just saying. We're going to play Harper's thoughts money. now. Okay. Uh, contributor. I, I, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what he said. I'm very curious. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Rolls on 4 o'clock hour from Tavoli's House of Cards right after this. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.